Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation Certified Instructor and Resiliency Expert, helping people to think, speak, and act positively through the many and very challenges that life has to offer. Find out more about me in this interview at my website, which is Tom, the number two, and tall, T-A-L-L dot com. Uh, our guest today is distinguished in one way, uh, among others, a second interview with uh, John Patrick Hickey, a uh, very few people that I've interviewed twice, uh, but you'll soon find out why. Uh, John Patrick Hickey has been coaching leaders and individuals and inspiring groups large and small for over three decades. He has a personal passion to help success-minded people identify their giftings, set goals and achieve their dreams while becoming the best that they can be. John Patrick is a gifted speaker who knows how to help leaders build teams and accomplish their objectives. Having been a pastor and a personal development coach for several years, he knows how to work with churches as well as businesses and other groups. John Patrick specializes in communication, goal setting, and the discovery of a person's key purpose in life my favorite topic that I get asked about so much. He has worked with business leaders and college students to help them identify their unique talents and strengths, discover their God-given life purpose, and set goals and achieve goals. He is also the author of three uh, books, uh, mind, uh, Minded People, All You Have Is Now, How Your Approach to the World Determines Your Destiny, and his newest book with Motivational Press, On the Journey to Achievement. Uh, I like the title. goes along well with Journey to Success Radio. Welcome to the show today, John. Thank you so much, Tom. It's great to be back with you again. So on my way to drive to work this morning to the office, I'm listening to the amazing recording you did with Bill Taylor, Nightingale Conant program with Vic Conant, Nito Cobain on Napoleon Hill's success principle of accurate thinking. And uh, wow, I I loved it. I had listened to it already two, three times, but very, very powerful. So along those lines, John, as we talked about before the show, I want to bring up something that's a challenge of mine and see if you can help me because I'd like to get over it. Uh, I, as you know, I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation Certified Instructor's book that's most commonly known, the most popular, one of the top 10 best-selling of all time is Think and Grow Rich. And yet, anytime I'm in a church setting or with church friends, I have an uneasy feeling to bring up that name of the book, Think and Grow Rich. And so I'll waffle around and tell them a little bit what I talk about and and what I do, but I really feel uneasy mentioning the book, Think and Grow Rich. And now, 
former pastor and a personal development coach, you must have some thoughts on that that same thing yourself. Well, you know, Tom, it's it's a common <laughs> feeling you have. I've I've been there many times myself. Um, but you know what? It, it's it, we weren't responsible for naming the book for one. So whether we would have called it "Think and Grow Rich" uh, is different. Also, when the book was published, uh, life in America was a lot different than it is today. Uh, but from a Christian perspective, you know, I know people they hear the name Napoleon Hill, they hear the word rich, or they hear about wealth, um, and they start going through convulsions thinking, you know, prosperity doctrine, and, you know, as Christians, we should, you know, not be aiming for these things, which I I don't believe is true. I don't believe that that's what Scripture teaches. Um, The main premise that I, I look at is the fact that I do not believe that any human being is on this planet by accident. I don't believe God had a quota to fill and therefore he had to make so many people and you just ended up in the lot. Uh, everybody is here for a purpose. And I believe that that purpose is a good purpose. Do we all fulfill those purposes? No, of course we don't. Do we all fulfill a good purpose? No. I mean, you can look throughout history. You can look around the world today. There is evil. There is uh, bad things happening. But that doesn't change the fact that we were created for a purpose. God has always had a plan. He still has a plan. You know, until uh, that last trumpet sounds, there is stuff to be done. Mm. And part of that plan means that if God has given me a task to do, I owe it to him. Not that he owes it to me. I owe it to him to do that task with complete excellence to the best that I can possibly achieve it. Now, success is where people get that word confused. They look at success as wealth. Um, It's still, and it's a rampant problem in the church, I think, uh, people get the whole idea of wealthy people as, uh, you know, you talk about a rich person. I don't care if it's Bill Gates or whoever. And you think selfishness. You think that they've taken their money from other people. Uh, there's all this misconception of, of wealth. Uh, wealth is just an accumulation of things. It's never the purpose for success. Our goal is never to become wealthy. And if for the people who are quick to judge Think and Grow Rich um, are mainly people who have never read Think and Grow Rich. Because if you read it, you realize that the emphasis is more on the thinking than it is on the growing rich. Uh, you know, uh, Hill has very uh, correctly put out important steps, laws of success that tell us how to achieve the goals that we have in life. How do I achieve my purpose? It doesn't just happen. You know, it's it's not a case that one day I'm going to wake up and, you know, God's completed everything he has in me. He's given me a job, a job to do, which means I have to work. And what what Think and Grow Rich does is it helps you to understand what those steps are in order to achieve that goal. It's kind of the foundation of a lot of personal development and uh, success 
principles that everyone follows. I don't care who you're reading or who you're listening to. You'll always find it comes back to the same principles. That's because they're laws. They're like laws of nature. They never change. They always work if they're followed. And that's the important thing we try to get out. So that's kind of a long answer to your <laughs> question mm-hmm. there. But uh, it hits it but right. I, on. I, I believe that as a Christian um, and as a pastor, when I'm I'm trying to help people to become the best that they can be, that I would not be honest and truthful with them if I did not tell them how to achieve success. Because none of us were created to be failures. You're a failure out of choice. You're not ordained to be a failure. Uh, You were ordained to succeed. Nice. I love it. And uh, that brings me to, uh, we're not even going to get to some of your questions, but this leads <laughs> me to, it leads me back to the number one principle in the 17 principles of success, definiteness of purpose. I added the word God-given purpose. As a Christian, and like you, I believe God created everyone for a purpose, a good purpose, not an evil purpose, for a good purpose. And as you said, there's no quote on, well, we're going to make so many exceptional people, then we're going to make a bunch of middle people, and then we're going to make a bunch of lower people. No, we're all endowed with gifts, skills, and talents, and a God-given purpose he would like us to fulfill and pursue till our last breath. And and yet, uh, when I took the Napoleon Hill Leader Certification, part of it is to write out your definite purpose. And I wrote mine out. And Judy Williamson at the Napoleon Hill World Learning Center said, Tom, that's, that's not your purpose. God didn't create you for that. You're trying to be uh, Shane Moran, co-founder of Organo Gold, a longtime friend of mine. And she said, God gave, made you different than Shane and gave you a different purpose, not to be him. And so I really believe that after a lot of prayer and contemplation that the definite purpose statement I have written out now, I I believe that if the Lord was sitting on the other side of my desk, which would be pretty cool. He probably is. I just can't see him a yeah, lot of yeah. times. <laughs> Uh, I know he is. I just can't see him a lot of time. I feel he would hand me the same document, Tom. Here's why you're here. Here's why you went through what you've gone through, all the challenges, and do this until I see you again in person up in heaven. And so I think we really need to add our God-given purpose because I think a lot of people get distracted like I am and they see someone doing enormously well and they just want to be them. But God created them to be themselves, not somebody else. That's that's true, Tom. I mean, we are, and and again, it goes back to that thing I originally talked about. I believe we have a responsibility to God to be the best at that God-given purpose he's given to us. Just because he's given us a purpose doesn't mean that it automatically is is fulfilled. Mm. We have to do our part and we have to work. Now, because I believe that my purpose comes from God, I can pursue it with full confidence, knowing that I have the creator of the universe behind me. How can I fail? <laughs> you know, right. if, if I am doing what God has called me to do, there is no will I do it or won't I do it. It's just the case I have to do it. 
And, yeah, there are trials we all face. We all have had difficulties. Um, you know, your, your story is, is very inspirational to me, um, you know, of, of some of the challenges that you've had to face. And yet, you know that when you have that confidence that God has given me a task to do, all of those things are secondary. You know, we learn from them. That's what a success-minded person does. A success-minded person looks at the challenges of life and sees a classroom. They don't see defeat. They don't see disappointment. They don't see uh, discouragement and why am I even bothering? They see a classroom. There's something here for me to learn. And when I learn it, it helps me to move even closer to the ultimate goal and, and to fulfill that purpose. Nice. And that brings me to a question we actually planned on talking about, so which is good. We're getting back to some of your material uh, that you're going to be, uh, that you have in your new book uh, on the journey to achievement. Uh, let's, sometimes I get way into the show before I give websites and all that, but yours is easy because it's your name. John Patrick Hickey, H-I-C-K-E-Y dot com. Everybody should know how to spell John and Patrick, so we won't spell that one out. But JohnPatrickHickey.com. Your books are all there. More about you is there. Uh, I've been on the site. I really like it. Well done. So uh, the difference between a goal, a dream, or a life purpose, because my purpose written out is a purpose until I die and see the Lord and get my hopefully well done, good and faithful servant. Other people that I coach or that come to me, they have a purpose that's more, in my opinion, a goal. It could be like a two-year purpose, a three-year purpose. It's a goal purpose that will help them in their life, but it's not necessarily the God-given until-you-die purpose. So, Talk about the difference between a goal and perhaps someone's dream or their God-given life purpose. I'm really glad you asked that, Tom, because it's it's very important, and people do get it confused, and it's actually very simple, okay? A goal, a goal always has a deadline. A goal can be five years from now, something that you want to achieve, or it can be two days from now. Um, But a goal always has a deadline. That's what makes it a goal. You know what it is you want to do. You know how you're going to pursue that, which takes planning, sitting down and actually planning it. Um, But it also has a deadline that at a certain time, this is when the goal is fulfilled. A dream is kind of a collection of goals. Your goals are taking you somewhere. And, but a goal is a step. It's not the completion. The dream is, let's say that, you know, my dream is to someday be able to retire in the mountains and raise chickens for the rest of, you know, the time I'm here. <laughs> you know, I, I can see the realization of a dream. It's not necessarily a deadline as much as it is a realization. A dream is the fulfillment of what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Your purpose, on the other hand, your purpose never dies or never ends. Your purpose is, as you said, 
And so long as you're on this planet, you have a purpose. Everyone has a purpose. And, uh, you know, the, the way that you can see that, you know, do I still uh, have work to do to fulfill my purpose is if you're sitting up and taking an air, yep, you still have work to do to fulfill your purpose. It never ends. And that's what the people need to understand. My purpose is... You know, personally, I, I I believe that the purpose God has given me is to help people discover their purpose and how to fulfill their dreams and how to make, you know, that achievement, how to become the very best of a person, not just a task that they're doing, but as a person. Because success is not just what you make or what you do. Success is who you are. And we are given the the task in a sense of becoming great people that there is um, an attitude that that positive attitude that way of thinking and doing that improves the world that we live in that helps us to be uh, the salt and light that is in the world mm-hmm. uh, that that is is a constant thing, and and my purpose is to help people to achieve that purpose. Now, I don't know how long God's going to keep me on the planet, but as long as He does, I will have that task before me. That can be in just talking to somebody. It can be through writing books. It can be in speaking engagements. Whatever it is that that the opportunities He opens up to me, and He opens up new ones all the time. Uh, that's that's what I'm doing, and I'm happy doing that. You know, another thing that, uh, if I can just shoot this in here, uh, when I'm speaking at places, the most common question I have is, um, what is it that I'm supposed to do? What is my purpose? Mm -hmm. And my common answer is, what is it that you want to do? We get, especially, you know, going back to the whole thing with the church, especially Christians, we get this idea that, our purpose will ultimately be something we don't want to do. Right. I know a lot right. of people who are Crazy. afraid God's going to send them to the middle of Africa, and I don't want to go right. to the middle of Africa. <laughs> right, and he will send some, but that doesn't mean that but, you, you but have to not can. enjoy your purpose because you feel you're called to something you hate to do. Right. Uh, the people who he sends are people who are going to want to go. You, yeah. look at, you look at the life of someone like Mother Teresa, who, you know, gave her life for the poor. She lived in poverty. She lived in conditions that most of us would never tolerate. She was a successful person because she was fulfilling her purpose. She knew what her purpose was, and she fulfilled it until the day she died. That was her purpose, and she loved to do it. It's what she wanted to do. And I believe that all of us have a purpose and it's the thing we really want to do. It's the thing that fulfills us. It's the thing that makes us truly happy. And it doesn't have to be in, quote, ministry, you know, that we need good, successful people, um, successful meaning successful in life, all of life, in business, in medicine, in law, in government, in, you know, whatever it is that is is burning inside of you that you always want to come back to and say, this someday I want to do this. Well, someday is not a day on the calendar. <laughs> right. <laughs> only got today. So let's get going and fulfill those purposes 
but your purpose is something you will want to do, and you will want to do it for the rest of your days. Right, right, and nowhere in the Bible that I can find, I even heard Zig Ziglar say it, but uh, when I checked them, he couldn't, they, they couldn't exactly name where, but retirement is not mentioned in the Bible. Zig Ziglar had it a quote that, that Zig Ziglar said it was only mentioned uh, as someone's punishment, uh, but we, could, we couldn't find that one, but it's not mentioned in the Bible, and I don't think God creates you for, okay, for three years, you're going to make a difference in the world, and then the rest of your life, it's yours, like, just do what you want. No, every day, everyone you encounter, you you should in some way be salt and light, light and make them a, help make them a better person, uh, which makes you a better person. And so it's not a part-time thing. It's not for the next three years I'm using you and then you're free to roam on your own. Uh, it's a till the day you die purpose. And uh, that's way different than goals and dreams. And so in your book, uh, On the Journey to Achievement, you talk about uh achievement of a goal as opposed to a purpose as taking a trip and uh, i like that uh, analogy uh, people like trips so anytime you talk about that and you tie it to the achievement of a goal they're going to be listening so explain why you chose uh, that example well i actually chose it after going on a trip <laughs> last year uh, uh i'm i'm sure uh you experienced it as well as uh, we did here in Michigan. Uh, it was a hard winter. Um, it was long, lots of snow, very, very cold. Come April, uh, I we just needed to get away. So my wife and I took a trip down into Tennessee, and it was in April, and it was springtime, and it was wonderful. And while we were there, <clears throat> excuse me, I began to work on some thoughts, which ended up becoming this book. Uh, when you go on a trip, you know, we didn't just jump in the car and decide, let's go somewhere where it's nicer. You know, we had a destination. We saw the destination. It was on the map. It was solid. Um, and so we made a plan on how we were going to get there. Uh, we planned our stops because we wanted to stop in a sense, strategically, there were things we wanted to see on the way, and so we figured that this is a good stop and that's a good stop. Uh, but the whole thing, how we packed our stuff, that what we were going to need, what we wanted to bring, what we didn't want to bring, uh, the rest that we were looking for, everything was planned out. And that's how you achieve those goals. And I, I think that, uh, you know, the first point I make in the book, and, and I I really believe it's it's one of the most important is when you have a goal, you have to write that goal down. People, you know, I, I can tell you if someone tells me I have a goal set in my head, I can almost guarantee you that they'll never achieve it because right. you have to write it down. When you write it down, you make it solid. You give it substance. And it's like looking at a destination on a map. It's written down. Now, every time you get in your car after you've stopped, that destination doesn't change. The little dot of the city you're going to doesn't go somewhere else on the map. It's always the same. If there is construction on the road as you're traveling and you have to make a detour, 
your plans or your, you, you know, you might have to make an adjustment on how you're getting there, but the destination is still the same. It's always the same. That's what happens when we write down a goal. And, and that was, uh, going back to Napoleon Hill, that was his purpose of talking about that uh, definiteness of purpose and writing that down because it doesn't change. If you leave it in your head, every time you think about it, it will change. You will add to it. You'll take away from it. You'll forget pieces. You know, one of the things about the human condition is our brain leaks. And it doesn't hold all the information all the time that we want it to hold. So you have right. to write it down so you look at it and you see this is where I'm going. Everything else can adjust around that. You know, uh, Tony Robbins talks about the fact that, you know, you have to be definite in your goal but flexible in your, uh, you know, your achievement of it, that you know where it is you're going, but you've got to be flexible enough to make changes along the way in order to get there. But the point is, the goal never changes, and, and you always move to that destination in order to achieve it. And that was the purpose of the book, is not just how to set a goal, but how to actually get there. You know, how, how do we take the steps that are necessary in order to actually achieve a goal? People carry goals around inside of them for years and never achieve them. You know, this is to kind of help them get to that achievement. Nice. I like it. Uh, and since you're talking about the trip with you and your wife, it brought to mind another question I really enjoyed asking people. Uh, you have to be aware of who you ask, though. Uh, you're a pastor and been married number of years, I imagine, uh, and you know that in uh, Napoleon Hill's writings, he talks about the best mastermind group is between a husband and a wife, and he talked about uh, Ford, Ford's wife made him what he is more than Ford did, or as much as Ford did, and Thomas Edison's wife, she... Uh, had a, had a big job on her hands. Uh, her husband was deaf. He worked like for days on end, and mm-hmm. and you know she really had to support him. And and so you can speak to that. You're a pastor, been married a long time, and you know what God talks about marriage, and and it, it helps when you have a singular focus that you got to devote a bunch of time to at perhaps irregular hours of weeks and days, and whenever God puts it in your path. Uh, you need to have that mastermind with your spouse, your husband or wife. They know where your goal, what your go- what your purpose is. They know why you're doing it, why it may inconvenience them to do it. They know the end purpose that together as a couple we are going to impact the world and pursue our purpose together, uh, our God-given purpose together until we die. And so talk about the value of that because not everybody has their spouse in their mastermind group and I may think or I'm not sure if I think that all the time the spouse is good for a mastermind group but I know the people that have their spouse in their mastermind group rest a lot easier, have a lot less stress and really seem to be able to stay laser focused on their life purpose. Yeah, you know, I, I think that some of the confusion there comes in how people define the spouse being part of the mastermind group. 
but yeah, my wife and I definitely um, are a mastermind team, the two of us. Uh, and she has been my support. She's believed in me when I haven't believed in me. Um, I would have never achieved the things that I've achieved to this day had I had not had her to help me work through things. Um, we're very different uh, behavioral styles, um, and uh, she is very uh, black and white, clear thinking. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is this is the way things are, uh, <laughs> and I need that. I she because because there's times that I can look at all these other things to confuse the situation. She'll bring it back into the you know this is the facts. These are these are what is going on. Now, my wife has her own business as well. We both work uh, in our own businesses, um, very much not related. Uh, she's very good at what she does. She's very successful at it, travels the world. Um, and I am equally supportive of her. We believe in one another. We believe that we each have a purpose. We have a purpose together, and we have a purpose individually. And that's where I think sometimes the mastermind idea between a husband and wife can get confused. It's like, well, it's all what he wants to do. Um, and that's not how it works. She has her own purpose. God created her as an individual just as he created me as an individual. And she's very good at what she does. She believes in excellence and she gives excellence. And uh, because of that, she's in high demand and, uh, you know, it's, and I, I believe in her. I encourage her. I, you know, want her to fulfill her dreams and her purpose just as right. for me. Now, together, we have, for us, our main purpose together is our family. We have two daughters who are both grown now and married. We have 10 grandchildren out of those two daughters. <laughs> Wow, we've done well, uh, and um, they are our focal point together. We are very family oriented. We we love spending time with them. We try to pour into them. We want our grandchildren to be. Our daughters have grown up to be very successful on their own, um, along with their husbands. And um, you know, we want to see our grandchildren understand that there is a world out there to be discovered and to be the best that they can be and to discover the unknown and do incredible things. We believe that, that they aren't in our life just by chance. You know, um, We were given these children for a reason, and we take that responsibility extremely seriously, and we want them to have fun and to have imaginations and to continue to grow and develop, enjoy their childhood. And at the same time, we want to see them be the best adults that they're going to grow up into being. Um, and we work on that. We're very, it's not like a, a thing where we say that we feel that this is our purpose and you kind of go on with life. We take it very seriously and we deliberately, we pray for them every day. We make sure that we're always, you know, looking to discover the things inside of them that give us clues of where they're going in life, what their likes are, what their dislikes are, who they are as individuals, um, you know, so that we can help 
develop and pour into them. So, you know, that mastermind team covers a big area, but it covers both sides. You know, just as, as she is part of my mastermind team, I am part of hers. And we might have two different careers that are completely unrelated in, in many respects, but they're connected because we are connected. Nice. And that's the thing. Like, she, a spouse doesn't have, the, have to have the other spouse's God-given purpose. We all have our own. But if that's we're correct. the major cheerleader and the major encourager of our spouse's God-given purpose, uh, that will make the rest of life a lot nicer and easier for sure, for sure. Uh, so talk about your book now uh, on the journey to achievement. Uh, you talk about creating a plan that will get you to your goals. And uh, uh, part of this question is, as a resilience expert, a lot of what I talk about, and uh, is it possible to know what is ahead and plan for that? The Bible talks about the man makes plans, and I think God laughs. I think that's the verse. <laughs> and uh, it's hard. We, we, we re- A lot of life is out of our control. It's under the control of God. And so we need to make plans. We need to accomplish goals. Uh, but is it possible to know what is ahead and plan for that? Well, it can be um, where we know where we're going. And what it, what are the things that we need to do in order to get there? Those are the plans. But again, those plans always have to be flexible. You know, believe me, I had God laugh at my plans many times. <laughs> I, I think I got it all together here and quickly find out that I don't. Um, but that's part of the flexibility part. But you can look ahead and say, if I'm going to achieve this particular goal, there are certain things that I have to do. You know, let's say that your, your, your ultimate goal is to go into medicine and find a cure for cancer. Um, and I've often told people, you know, especially when I'm speaking places, someone will find a cure for cancer. I know, I believe with all my heart that that will one day happen. Why not you? <laughs> you know, if if this is if medicine is where God's leading you and that's where your passion is, why not? You know, mm-hmm. we, we tend to just automatically assume someone else is going to do it. Maybe it's me. Maybe you know what God, what great discoveries God has for us. You know, why not us? It it, it can when you have that attitude, then you start looking ahead. Well, you know that you're going to need a degree in medicine in order to achieve that. So there's a plan. The plan is to make it through medical school. You know, it's how exactly that happens might be up for a daily assessment, but the ultimate goal of getting there, that's part of the plan. You know, we have to know what skills do I need? What understanding do I need? What books do I need to read? Who do I need to talk to? Uh, what action do I need to take? Because nothing ever happens without action. Nothing ever happens without action. So you have to decide what action do I need to take? And then that's what you move towards. Being flexible means if the plans change today, that's fine. I'll learn from it. Always being aware that I have my plans 
and God may change those plans or he you know things may happen in life that cause me to take little detours along the way but I still know my destination and I still I will be flexible and achieve the things that I learn. I will learn from my mistakes. I will learn from the difficulties that I face. And by doing that, I become more and more capable of achieving that ultimate goal and fulfilling my ultimate purpose because I'm constantly learning. There is no quick fix. There's no easy way. Um, You know, there is no... This is one of the things that irritate me. <laughs> but there is no, I'm going to be successful in my spare time. <laughs> right, it, right. it does not happen. Right. Know, it's a full-time thing. This is our life we're dealing with. And you constantly are moving forward in those plans. So, no, you, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but you do know how you're going to approach tomorrow. And you know what you need to do. I have a friend who is a meteorologist, and he's told me that, you know, when it comes to predicting the weather, they can pretty much accurately predict the weather for about 12 hours. Ten-day forecasts are, are simply looking at things and saying, if they stay the way that they are, this could happen. But that's why... They tell you that tomorrow is going to be sunny and you end up with two feet of snow because weather changes. Just like life, it changes. Things happen that you don't predict, that you, you can't see. But, you know, if we're clear on what we were created to do, then I know that no matter what happens in life, nothing catches God by surprise. Right. He's not like, wow, I never figured that was going to happen. I didn't see this coming. (laughs) So I may have to make adjustments, but if I am certain of what it is I'm supposed to do, that adjustment never has to be made. You know, I I just trust them. And I'll be flexible, I'll learn, I'll grow, and I'll continue to become a better person than I was before, whatever it is comes in. But I continue moving towards that goal. So you can make plans. You can you can look at things and say, these are the things I know I need to do. But then you're flexible. If things change, you learn and you change with it. It's not, not a difficult thing. Right. The things that aren't uh, uh, difficult are not always easy, though. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Neat. Uh, okay. Wow. You really got me thinking here. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, in the book, in your book, you talk about three key elements that determine our path to success, and that's our thinking. Thinking grow rich starts with thoughts are things. Your thinking. We have thirty to sixty thousand thoughts a day. And we are under control of those thoughts for the very most part, unless people have some challenges. But those are your thoughts. You control them. Your attitude, of course. Uh, Henry Ford, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And then uh, your body as well. And uh, if you watch me on Facebook or whatever, you see that I'm working out regularly. I post my workouts and... 
uh, I have a lot of excuses not to work out. I am sore all the time in numerous places and restricted range of motion. It's not easy for me to go to the gym and use the equipment, but uh, I don't use it as my excuse not to do it. So your thinking, your attitude, and your goals, or your body, sorry, explain how these all work together in the pursuit of success because success is an all-around thing, not just one area. That's that's true, and those areas are of vital importance. You know, it's our thinking. It, it's it's an incredible thing. Out of the entire universe, God has decided to give us control over only one thing. You can't control the weather. You can't control other people. You can't control everything except your own self. I, this is the only thing I have control of is me and what I think about and how I'm going to think. And people who sit around and think of defeat and how difficult life is, you know, life is difficult for everybody. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> has an easy go of it. It just doesn't. Some people might struggle more than other people, but life is difficult. And there are people who have achieved great things, you know, simply because they decided not to allow their difficulties to control them. They, their thinking is different. Their thinking is more positive. You, you mentioned the fact of, uh, you know, you working out and where well, you'd have good excuses. But you've learned that excuses don't get you anywhere. Ben Franklin said, you know, he who is good at making excuses is good at very little else. Um, and that's true, that excuses are defeating us. And when we think excuses, when we're constantly thinking negative, when we're thinking in a victim mentality, which we're plagued with in our current society, of everybody thinking that they're a victim of something, you know, um, we're victims of nothing except ourselves. You can choose. People have been far more oppressed than, you know, any of us have uh, and achieved great success. People have right. been physically and mentally uh, in worse condition than we have and achieve, achieved success. They've been in greater poverty. They've lived in tougher times. You know, no matter what you face, someone has faced even more difficulties and yet succeeded. So there is no excuse why I can't succeed. And when your thinking becomes right and you know, you know, uh, one of the things in, in the laws of success where Napoleon Hill talks about the, um, the law of accurate thinking, accurate thinking means that you look at the facts. You don't look at all the other stuff. You look at the facts. The fact is, if I am created to fulfill a purpose, there is nothing that can stop me. That's just fact. You know, I can, I can come up with all kinds of other excuses, but the fact is nothing can stop me from fulfilling the very thing I was created to do. So I can approach that with that accurate thinking, saying this is what I'm going to do. Attitude, you will not find anyone who teaches the principles of good living, success, uh, biblical living, whatever it is you want that does not confront the fact that attitude is key to everything. You know, Zig Ziglar says that a positive attitude 
doesn't make everything easier, but it makes it easier than negative thinking does. Right. Uh, you know, you have to have that positive attitude. Uh, people have a tendency to think that uh, if I'm negative, if I'm sad, if everything is a challenge or I complain, it kind of gives you some sense of fulfillment. Um, it's like depression, and I'm not talking about clinical depression where there is a chemical imbalance going on. I'm just talking right. about the depression many people have. Uh, the last thing a depressed person wants to do is something that will make them not depressed. <laughs> because <laughs> there is some sense of comfort there. And that is the difference in attitude. A positive attitude makes you more appealing to yourself. It makes you more appealing to others. It just makes life better. And if you don't believe me, anybody listening out there, try it. Because you have control of that attitude. Nobody can take away your positive attitude. You know, I love the work of Viktor Frankl, um, who psychologist who survived the Nazi concentration camps. You know, and Frankl said that, you know, the last human right that can never be taken away is a person's power to make a decision of how they're going to live. And in the middle of a concentration camp. I mean, one of the things he did to stay alive was to look at what kept people alive. And he found that people who had a positive attitude, people who made plans, uh, in his book, The, the Meaning uh, of, of uh, Suffering, he talks about a man he saw in the concentration camp who every morning got up and went outside of the hut that they were staying in, and in the dirt, he drew a design for his garden when he got home. Every day, he planned on what his garden would look like when he finally got home again. And the man lived. The man was able to survive because he had hope. And the people, many people died and still to this day die from nothing more than a lack of hope. And we can have that hope. That's a power you have. That's a power we make. And the physical end of it, if your body is out of shape, if you are unhealthy and sick, it's going to affect your attitude and your thinking. And it's important. Now, there's some people, like yourself, you know, um, who have had physical challenges that you've had to face, but you've made the best of it. And everyone can make the best of it. You know, I've, I have been with people who have, I've gone in a sense, as a pastor, I've gone to minister to, who were totally bedridden and in great pain and suffering, who I leave there feeling like they have refreshed me. <laughs> because yes, I've experienced the same, yeah, they they decided that their life had value no matter what they did. Now, for the vast majority of us, especially the vast majority of people who complain and moan and are disappointed all the time and are negative, physically we're doing okay. <laughs> Believe me, we we know my my aches and pains and sufferings have nothing compared to what what many have, and and yet we'll use that as our excuse. Right. Keep yourself healthy. Keep yourself strong. And when you do that, you continue to develop all those other areas. All those three areas are intertwined. 
in their own areas you have control of. And by having control of them, you can make it work if you choose to. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, good stuff. And uh, uh, I was thinking something there on the body. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've interviewed three people born without arms or legs. Uh, one of them won 26 wrestling matches in high school. Two guys he beat went on to become state champions, and he also climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. And so when I interview someone like that, I'm thinking, okay, every time I have a pain in my ankle or wrist or any joint he doesn't have, I'm thinking, well, I bet these guys would love to have a pain in their ankle or knee or uh, wrist or fingers or wherever it might be. Uh, and I'm thinking, I couldn't, I couldn't beat my little dog in a wrestling match, let alone, uh, another human. So, yeah, there are always people with way less than us who are doing way more than us. And so, uh, we have to keep that in mind. And also, I remind people in talks that four to ten people in the world live on less than two dollars a day. They don't eat every day. And, you and I are nice people, John Patrick, but we're no nicer than them. And it is a global blessing to live in North America. And part of our life's purpose should be, hopefully, use our skills and talents as much as we can, earn as much as we can, so that we can give and provide and help others as much as we can as well. Absolutely. I mean, that's... You know, back at our original talk, we were talking about being rich or wealth. Um, you know, it's wealth has its responsibilities, and you will find that the vast majority of givers are those who have it to give. <laughs> and right. They don't have it to give because they have dishonestly took it. They earned it. They work hard, and they earn it in order that they can, in turn, give it away. And I think that that's, you know, my wife and I are very big, and I don't say this boastfully, but it's just the love we have. You know, we have people who we support on the mission field. Um, And we don't just, you know, throw it out there. We have specific people who we have supported for years who this is what their purpose is, and we're working to help them be successful. But they don't, you know, Missions doesn't produce a product, so they don't have any income from a product. That's our product, is to come in and say, here, you know, let us uh, pour into you, and they use what they have responsibly, and as they're being successful, we're being successful, and it all works together. Right. I love it. Now we're going over the time that we spoke about. We could talk oh. forever. But let's end uh, with okay. one question that is vital to me, in my opinion. Uh, I took speed reading when I was in university, and I get a lot of books for free from people like you that I interview. And I read like 40 to 50 or more books a year. Uh, I do it instead of watching TV. Uh, so I know that you are a reader, your wife is a reader, your kids are readers. So why do you feel that reading is 
so important in the pursuit of success for our lives. Reading is, I, I just believe that reading allows us the ability to learn and to capture ideas. I, I'm not anti-TV or movie or visual entertainment, but it is not a replacement for reading. Reading allows one group of thoughts to come into our mind to become our group of thoughts. Uh, it's an active activity when you read. It's not just sitting and kind of going, you know, brain dead for a little while so you can just be entertained. Um, I'm entertained by reading. I love reading. But it is a vital part of the process of success. There are, you are not going to find a successful person who's not a reader. You know, I've looked at the lives of successful people, and they're readers. Um, I have looked at the lives of successful people who are blind who are readers. <laughs> you know, right. it, it, it is a vital part of the learning process to read. And if, if someone is listening who feels that they've been kind of stuck Start reading, and then what you read, you learn. What you learn, you apply, and then you continue on moving forward. But I, I you know, Charlie Tremendous Jones always said that you're going to be the same person you are today five years from now, except for the books you read and the people you meet. And yeah. I believe that that's absolutely true. The the you read positive, uh, inspiring. Uh, good, instructive books, you will become an inspired uh, person who can achieve the goals that you that you want to achieve. I agree 100%. 100%. Wow. So, again, uh, John Patrick Hickey, H-I-C-K-E-Y dot com. Uh, your book is there. Um, I believe it's always better to buy it from the author's website than from Amazon, you might get some extra thingamajiggies or uh, bonuses, or or even just establish a relationship with the author. Like we they love buy to hear from people. If they buy it off the website, Tom, I will actually sign it for them when I send it to them. <laughs> nice. There you go. And Amazon won't do that. Nope. <laughs> They'll sign their bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So johnpatrickhickey.com, the newest book is On the Journey to Achievement. Uh, I haven't read all three of yours. I read All You Have Is Now, How Your Approach to the World Determines Your Destiny. Uh, powerful book. That's where I interview you the first time. And uh, amazing, amazing uh, books. Keep up the great work, uh, uh, John. I love that you have uh, your foot in a few fields. Well, one, solidly. Uh, in the Lord's uh, hands and following his purpose for your life, but using also success tools to uh, help people use their own God-given skills and talents to make the most of who they can be. And uh, really, really appreciate that. Have yourself an amazing day. You too, Tom. Thank you. Take care. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.